What's the latest, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the In the Paint Show presented by Ball is Life. Your host here, Devin Ugland and Ronnie Flores. Ronnie had himself a, a fun time in Vegas uh, this past weekend watching some um, Pangos Easter Classic hoops and Jordan Brand Classic uh, practice. Ronnie, we had a local commitment um, yesterday. Uh, Cassius Stanley from Sierra Canyon uh, committed to Duke over Kansas, Oregon, UCLA. Uh, Duke came in late on his recruitment, uh, shot about shot him an offer. You know, maybe last week, two weeks ago, maximum. And obviously, when when Duke calls, you commit. Yeah, most people right. Most listen. people most people listen. Yep. So Cassius, uh, you know, I thought Oregon was kind of in the lead before. Duke came in. Okay. Um, but, you know, as we said, Coach K calls, you answer, and you usually say yes. Ronnie, um, aside, you know, Cassius was in the Jordan Brand game along with his uh, for future Duke teammate, uh, Boogie Ellis. Um, give me an idea of what you saw from from those two and some other guys at the Jordan Brand Classic, and also take us into what you saw at the Pango Caesar Classic. I know there were some big-time players there from the – Vegas Elite um, EYBL program and you know LeBron James Strive for Greatness team, which features a lot of good um, uh, 2022 players. Yeah, um, it was a good event. Uh, obviously, we watched a little bit of the 17U and the in the 16U there at, at Bishop Gorman for the Pangos Easter Classic. Um, the 16U was won by Vegas Elite, and you know they have a, a good group. And the 17U is a good group. It, it's going to be interesting to see them in the, on the EYBL because they have so many guys that are, like, scoring wings. Um, and they they advanced, but they didn't play in the final. Uh, I believe it was against Veritas Prep. Um, they didn't. They just chose not to play in Why? the final. I think they, uh, <laughs> you know, as again, being in a, on a dead period event, uh, maybe they they they. I think they wanted to go over and watch the Jordan Brand Classic, and they figured, man, you know, we're a little tired. I, I know that the opponent's not happy about that, but you know that's what happens when we we talk about there being a myriad of events, a lot of games. You know, sometimes um, they just don't uh, they don't see the other uh, opposite end. How maybe especially if a team's traveling from far, they want to get that game in. You know, yeah. Let's say uh, maybe the you know I'm just using this example. The Iowa Barnstormers or Utah Basketball Club goes to the final against a local team. Well, the local team would just go home or head over to T-Mobile. And, you know, <laughs> it's kind of, you know, they, they're a little, they're not happy. So the 16U did play. That was a little earlier than the game. Um, 2022 guard, Ricky Pop Pop Isaacs had 30 points in the final. They beat um, the Strive for Greatness team, which is technically a 15U team, but they played up. And they have a good team, good players. Uh, Sky Clark, who's one of the better freshmen in Southern California, he's a 222 is on that team. Um, obviously, the well-known name and one of the biggest names we're going to be following here for the, for years to come is LeBron James Jr., Bronny James. He was not there. Um, reportedly, he was um, out of town with his folks. Obviously, his father has a little bit more free time than he's used to at this year. Yeah, his father is yeah. pretty. He's got some. He's got some power behind him too. I think, right? Yeah, you know, LeBron <laughs> is just probably saying, "Wow, what am I going to do with myself?" And his wife is probably thinking, "Great, let's I go mean, on vacation." Yeah, let's go on vacation. So. <laughs> That was cool, you know. Um, no problem with there. Everybody's gonna see him this this week at EYBL in the first live period, the only live period of the spring. Yeah. So uh, Pop Pop had a good game, um, thirty points in the final. 
and you know he had his pull up jumper working. I, I I don't think too many kids really have an uh what we call now like an old school you know yeah. dribble in sprint into the pull up jumper. You know he's really good at it. He's getting more athletic. Uh, he did well at that um, Final Four weekend at the USA Basketball with that group, with the 222 group. So he's going to be a player to watch. He's going to have his his choice of schools. Obviously, we've known him for a long time. His dad is a long-time travel ball coaching canassiere. <laughs> you call him a lot of things. Yeah, but you call just, Rick a lot of things. But yeah. you know, one thing you can say about Rick is uh, he, ta- he taught Pop-Pop how to play the game the right way. Yeah, he's had a big hand in teaching. Pop-Pop's also had a... By osmosis, he's kind of been around a lot of high-level players, and he's been on benches at Pangles Camp and other events. He's seen it, you yeah, know. He gets it. It's like he's. It's like he's more ever since the, he's been like a ten-year-old. Yeah. He's been a sponge of watching, you know, whomever Pangos All-American camps, Frost Soft mm-hmm. camps, yeah. uh, club basketball, high school games. He just has soaked in a lot of uh, high-end high-end basketball knowledge, and he, you know, combine it, that with his ability. Yeah, is, and he's already a nat- he's already got natural feel for the game, yeah. natural kind of swagginess to him. Yeah, um, but like you said. He's got an old school feel. He doesn't over dribble. Yeah. Uh, you know, he he's not you know trying to be super flashy. He's a really good passer. His eyes are always up in transition. Uh, he's like you said, he sprints into stop and pop jumpers from the fifteen foot and thirteen foot range. Like that's that's different. You know, a lot of yeah. people think the mid range is dead, but the mid range can get you paid a lot of money, um, or get you to a you know the college know, college level and, yeah. and have free a free education. Uh, but I like that you brought up pop pop. Who else? Stood out like in the 17 year level Vegas Elite has Josh Christopher. Yeah, we didn't Noah, get into that. Yeah, Noah, I, I kind of didn't Tates, my thought. Noah Tates, Julian Strother. Yeah, uh, a lot. I mean, uh, they got a lot of good players. Is Zion Collins on that team? Yes, another Zion good, Collins. another good point guard from Bishop Gorman. He, he kind of the guy that doesn't fit the mold of the other guys, but man, it's but, but he sets got, them all up. He sets them all up, yeah. so it's good. They need him because man, they they simply roll through teams. They <laughs> yeah. have so much firepower with Noah Tates and those guys, and um. You know, Jaden Hardy's on that team too. Jaden oh Hardy's God. on that team. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of scoring, dude. Yeah. That's a lot of guys who need need the ball. Yeah, in their they're hands. not like one yeah. of them's a four yeah. or, or true post. They, Those are all twos and threes. They're all twos and threes. So, be interesting to see what they do when this competition level steps up this weekend. Obviously, the you know the EYBL has a a lot of um, good players and a lot of good players uh, historically, and will have again. Uh, obviously, Boogie House. We talked about him. He kind of. Uh, you know, went from a smaller program. I, I don't. You can correct me if I want. Was Marshawn's? They were they kind of solely independent. And yeah, they were independent. independent. And yeah, then San they Diego All Stars. Yeah. yeah. Then they then he played with the with the soldiers, and you know, Duke got involved, and I believe Duke got involved in him a little later later in the yeah in they the, did. in the ball game as well. Yeah. So, um, back to this Jordan Brand, which was a little later Saturday afternoon. I saw the practice on Friday. Um, I thought Boogie did really well. He was one of the better standouts. Um, for his group. They kind of just called it like a home and away team, and uh, Boogie was uh, really getting uh, active, making the most of his op- opportunity because you know the other guys, let's say like fifteen or sixteen of them, maybe somewhere around there, were already at the McDonald's, <laughs> yeah. and then ten of them were at the Hoop Summit, which right. is the higher level guys, you know, the Nico Mannions, Cole Anthony's. So if Boogie's quote unquote in that second tier, I think he made a really good showing for himself. He was uh, scoring well in the. You know, get flashing to the right spots. Uh, I only saw him force it maybe once where he might got caught in the air. But overall, he touched the ball a lot, and he was doing very well. Um, I was also impressed with uh, Trenton Watford, who, you know, led Mountain Brook to three state titles in Alabama. Um, Trenton is still undecided, I believe. One of the few yeah, guys. Yeah, he's still undecided. He's still undecided. 
Um, he'll be in Southern California for the Balls Life All-American game on May 4th. Uh, Samuel Williamson had a nice mid-range game. I liked what he he did a bit. Uh, C.J. Walker was guarding. He's active. Um, Armando Baycott had his hands full. He was on a team opposite Isaiah Stewart and James Wiseman. So Armando played hard, just like he did at Geico. You know, he's kind of a no-nonsense guy. Um, Cassius Stanley was on the same team. Was on the opposite team of, of Boogie House. He was with Baycott, CJ Walker, Vernon Carey, who, who really didn't play much, Rocket Watts, Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards has a lot of ability, as we know, natural ability. He was kind of really confident uh, doing what he normally does. A couple guys I thought didn't really fit in, or they were kind of maybe taking it as just a, you know, hey, just get out there and, and have a good time. But um, Cassius played good in the game. In the, in the, in the game itself, uh, he was one of. Six players on his team. Uh, they called it the home team to lead his team to a 132-125 victory. Uh, the leading scorer was James Wiseman for that team. Cassius had uh, 16 points. And then for the other team, the game high was, and the MVP of the game or the MVP of his team was Cole Anthony, who's he had 25 points, six assists, four steals. 8 of 14 from the field. You know, it's very hard, uh, Devin, for most of the, even these elite players to really to stay in front of them and guard them one-on-one. I mean, it looks like when he wants to, he gets to the keys explosive. He's healthy, obviously. Um, he was the MVP of this game uh, with James Wiseman on the winning team. Uh, James, uh, on this postseason circuit, kind of really showed himself that, you know, he can, at 7 foot, he's, Devin, he looks three inches tall and the second tallest player on any of these games. Like he's a legit seven foot pushing seven one. Whereas we talk about these guys, Oh, six ten, six nine. They're really closer to six nine and six eight. Yeah. Like you can really see the difference. Yeah. It's like, it's like it, when you it, see scouting reports and it says like six, eight plus. It's yeah. Like, no, he's six, six, seven. six, seven. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> you know, um, in the game itself, Boogie Ellis, uh, didn't have as good as performance as he did in the in the scrimmage. When I when I got more out of the scrimmage, obviously I I had left to come back because we have business to attend to here in Southern California. Um, so it's going to be very interesting, Devin. Um, I think people look at Cassius Stanley as the guy with he's higher ranked. Again, both of them didn't make the McDonald's game, but he looks at maybe the guy that's uh, maybe he has a projection that's longer. You would you know obviously you can give your spill here as well. You've seen both of them plenty times. Um, they both kind of boogie can play on the ball a little better. What what is your take when you see that Cash is committed to Duke that quickly? Boogie's already coming in, along with Vernon Carey and and Wendell Moore. You know what what's your take? They're most experts, quote unquote, think they have the top recruiting class. What's yeah, your I mean, take for the two Southern by, California guys by by recruiting rankings? You know all those guys you mentioned, yeah, yeah. all encompassing recruiting rankings. Two four seven. Sure, East yeah. Game. I mean they have the the top class. You know, recruiting class coming in for 2019 for Boogie and Cassius going east to Duke. It hasn't always been kind to Southern California players uh, who, sure. who go there. Um, I think with Trey Jones coming back, that helps Cassius and it also helps Boogie to okay. kind of be, like a mentor back him up. It's, a, it's, a, it's a mentorship kind of thing, but it's more of a it's more of a they the can play off, off the ball. The pressure's off. The pressure's the off to be yeah. an immediate impact player at Duke because you have a returning starting point guard who is going to have the ball in his hands and create for others. And 
you know, Boogie likes to have the ball in his hands uh, to create shots, but he he can also play off of it because he has good shooting ability. Cassius needs to play off the ball because I don't think his ball skills are, are where they need to be sure. at the ACC level to be creating his own shot off the bounce. He's no. a slasher, finisher, and transition. He's too valuable at what other things he can do. Right. Yeah. He's a he's a freak athlete. Everyone knows that. He's an NBA-level athlete. Uh, he's an NBA-level finisher. So you allow, you allow Cassius to fill the lane wide, run the break, and have Trey Jones delivering passes to him where, when and where he needs it. That's where he's at. Same with Boogie Ellis. He's going to be a trail guy and is uh, a trail three pointer. Kick it back to him, shot fake, and then he can you know break guys down off the dribble and get to the basket and finish or hit a step back jumper because Boogie can score the basketball. Um, but this kind of brings into something you started on Twitter yesterday about it's the first time since 1991 that two Southern California players have committed to Duke in the same class. And back in 1991, that was Cherokee Parks of Marina and Huntington Beach. Yep. And Eric Meek of San, San Pasquale and Escondido, San Diego area. Sure. Um, but now let, let's look at let's look at all the Southern California guys overall in the Coach K era. So you have Meek and Parks. Uh, Jay Billis, he had a solid career at Duke, right? Kind of so, started him off. We talked about that in a previous started it off and, yeah. Him and Johnny Dawkins and that group kind of really took Duke to the next level because they wanted to hang Coach K in effigy there. I right. Mean, they people wanted him out, right? And that first class kind of got them over the hump. Okay, so then we go to Ricky Price. He yeah. did. He did not live up to no. the hype many people expected. No, and yeah, we'll, we'll we're gonna break this down in total. Yeah, I'm just gonna go, go through, through the all the players. Yeah, Ricky Price, Jamal Boykin, uh, Fairfax. Yeah, um, and he's 2004. A little two, later. Yeah, Chris Burgess from Irvine Woodbridge, 1997. Yep, uh, Demarcus Nelson, uh, Sheldon. He's from Sacram- uh, Sacramento yeah. area. 2004. Taylor King from Modern Day. 2007. Yep. Derek Thornton was a... So he played at Finley Prep, but he started his high school basketball career in Southern California and kind of grew up in Southern California as well. Um, and we have Marvin Bagley III, who obviously is was an NBA-ready mm. player coming out of high school. So Correct. His... He, we knew he was going to produce. He produced. That's how good he was. Yeah. Like, he was that good. That I mean, of those players we talked about there, Bagley was the most talented. Sure. And Demarcus Nelson had a, had a solid four-year career. Demarcus Nelson was good. He was I very mean, good. Yeah, he was He was a good player. But then we go to Parks and Meek. Yeah. Sure, they, you know, Parks played solid minutes. Yeah. He played solid minutes, four years, won a national championship. Uh, but, you know, was he a, was he a program changer? Not in my estimation. Yeah. yeah, let's 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 talk a little bit about that. It's yeah, very break, interesting. Break, break him down. Yeah, because that's almost thirty years ago, Devin, and um, I would follow those two guys closely, and they both. And tenth grade, it's like, oh my god, both of these guys are in the same class. They're really good. They're that level of recruit. So it's not like they came in late. You know, Meek was yeah I super read, highly regarded. I like, was, like, yeah. like like Parks. As we were doing research on this, I was researching. Yeah. Cherokee Parks. I, I went to Marina High School, so I heard all the stories. stories I saw sure. all those records and the yeah. little programs and all that. So I did some research, and uh, I found like an LA Times story. I forgot who the who the um, author was. It was like 1990. Sure. And his junior year. Yeah. yeah, he said like you know he was at Cherokee Parks childhood in, in his bedroom, and he had like five boxes full of just letters. Right. Yeah. Letters from every college you can imagine, every college coach you can imagine, um, and that a lot of people thought that Cherokee Parks at that time was the most highly recruited player in the history of Southern California of, of the state. It was from that regard. Yeah. Because okay. you figure like maybe a, a certain player. Okay. He's going to go to UNLV. He's going to go to Kentucky. He's going to go to UCLA. 
So where parks, it was just like wide open. Like this kid is he um, literally go going anywhere he wanted, wanted to. to. Yeah, he didn't have these ties. It seemed like whether it would be a, to a travel program or his high school, it was just kind of like here's this big white kid from Orange County who's really really good, and we've seen some coming through for the last you know you know 10 15 years before him there've been some guys that they were hyped and they weren't that good you know in terms of that that level um since you know cuz you obviously you look at Bill Walton and you're really saying who's the next guy is going to be like a Bill Walton type yeah. so that's kind of where that came from same thing with with Meek i remember i seen some pictures with Meek with Bill Walton like here's the next great San Diego big man and the point to bring up is there's the turnover so fast that Parks was joining one of the most talented rosters in NCAA history. The 91 team beat UNLV and was all coming back. Right. You know, Leitner was going to be a senior. Hurley yeah. was going to be a junior. Thomas Hill was going to be a junior. Grant Hill was going to be a sophomore. So it wasn't like Parks would have started almost any other college. Right. He would have started at UCLA. Right. You know, so it was very interesting. Now, Meek was in a slightly different boat. He knew he was probably going to be off the bench. And it's very interesting. We look at Boogie and we look at Cassius. To me, we've talked about this before because I was asking you, Frank, Joel, Francisco, and others. I thought Cassius did a really good job this year. And he kind of elevated himself to to be like he's going to maybe get playing time at Duke. Whereas Boogie kind of came on and it came on late. And and there's the talent level is not what it was then returning. So they, I think Cassius has a big opportunity and by essence Boogie too. Boogie maybe will push Cassius, and they'll push each other in practice. So that'll be very interesting. Like, I want more playing time. Well, I want more playing time. Oh well, yeah, with you the, know what I mean. With the way Duke recruits, Duke. with how right. how many how many one and done guys they yeah. bring in every year. Yeah. I mean Zion, R.J. Barrett, they're gone. Yeah. Right. So you have one, two, you have two, three, or four one and done guys who end up going to the NBA draft, and that opens up multiple opportunities, whether it's a, a big time bench role or a potential starting role if you're good enough. Uh, at Duke to come in and, and, you know, fight for those, those spots. And I think what Cassius did this year that, you know, makes me think that he, he does have a, a pretty good chance of playing there early and contributing, is contributing. Yeah. He, yeah. Of contributing playing early is he really, uh, got more consistent with his jumper. Sure. You know, he was always a downhill driver and finisher around the basket. He always had that. Cause he yeah. could, he, he, he was could stronger, just elevate over, elevate over people. Yeah, but I mean, at this level, he really, really, really worked on, catch and shoot threes to open the drives and one one two dribble pull up jumpers and he got consistent with those and it showed in the CIF Southern Second Championship game against Bishop Montgomery and then it also showed in the state uh open championship game sure I thought so too I agree with you right there. I think playing with good players like that that are gonna also be contributors to their college whether it's Pippen at Vanderbilt that type of thing um, you know, Taryn Frank's going to be good. Amari Bailey, they, you know, it helped him that he wasn't just at Marina High School or, you know, Chatsworth <laughs> hey man, High we, School. Leave you Marina know, High School alone. You know on, what man. I mean? Where he's just jacking up dunks. Sure. That it, makes he, sense. He's he, playing at high. Le- he's playing against high-level competition, competition every single night. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it helped him. His decision-making was better. He had to share the ball more. And, and he had a full season. This season didn't get broken off like it did when he transferred over from Harvard-Westlake. So it's very interesting. You got to give Parks, you know, had a pretty good career. And going into that team, people are like, wow, Parks is going to have a chance to contribute to this strong defending national championship team. When you look at a Jay Billis, all those freshmen were like, no pressure. Duke needed them in 
they needed to upgrade their talent and and start winning. That was an immediate need. Like, yeah, you had yeah. to come in. You had to be really good. Yeah, help. You know, help. So for Parks, it was like wow. And and I I want to make it very interesting how we talk about these recruits, Devin. How they went to Duke and what we think about them. Um, when Parks played in the postseason All Star games that year, I remember the the Mc, McDonald's game was in Springfield, and at that time, I think Sonny's game, the second best game. The round ball classes was in Detroit. It was evident that Parks was not Chris Weber, was not Glenn Robinson. He was on the second tier. You can see that. I mean, there even as clear talent clear, disparity, it's clear talent yeah. disparity. It's like okay, this guy's going to contribute, but he's not going to be this uh, Bill Walton. Like I said, yeah, he's, he's not going to be the next right. Bill Walton or great Duke player. Okay. I never thought that even before he stepped. He on contributed foot. his freshman year. He, yeah. he averaged four, five four points, points and two point four. And you remember, that's the champions. It's, yeah, and. Uh, 13 minutes a game. That's yeah. solid. Yeah. But From a defending national champion. champion. Yeah. And they won it again. They won I mean, it again that year. And they right. were talented. So it was like, no problem there. Um, with Meek, it was kind of like, okay, this guy's going to have to work to, to get playing time. And that's exactly what happened. And he eventually contributed. You know, again, just a solid college player. Maybe on the, maybe not as good as Jay Billis. You know, maybe somewhere in between there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very interesting we talk about some of these other guys. Ricky Price had a high high level of recruitment and um i compare more to Cassius because of again his position i don't really you know it's hard to compare meek and those guys and billis but uh ricky didn't have a great senior year he he was at sarah and he trapped saint anthony as a as a underclassman and went to sarah gardena sarah gardena sarah there were some some issues there he transferred over and he had a bad senior year and he played in McDonald's and he played the other big games. And I guess you could already say maybe Duke was already looking like, well, we got to look at other kids eventually. So as soon as that first year came, Duke had its worst season in, in many, many, many years after Grant Hill graduated. Because that's that's a guy who's supposed to kind of replace Hill. Yeah, is it like a that's slashing what, That's two, what three. he was looked at? Yeah, you as... know, Hill's a three. Ricky was like 6'5". He can score. And it was some pressure, I think. And the team's drop-off had a big drop-off. So they were like under 500 in 1995, his freshman year. Yeah. Um, and was like, this class is disappointing. You know, in general. They just had a disappointing year. I think it was Parks' uh, 92, 93, 94, senior year. Yeah, he, Parks Park averaged, senior, he averaged 19 points and like nine rebounds a game his senior year. So and they were if, bad. So here's the thing. If, if Cherokee Parks is your main guy, you're yeah. not going to be very good. Uh, yeah, they had right. the worst season in a long time. Yeah, Ricky Price, his freshman year at Duke, averaged eight points and three point three rebounds and one assist. And for the talent level they had, and for what they needed to do to battle the ACC, that was a disappointment because they were bad. It would be different if they were thirty five and four. Right, Trajan. Or, it was Trajan Langdon. Was it was his freshman, freshman season. Yeah, he, he had, didn't. He, have, and he, he used eleven okay. eleven points a game his freshman yeah. year. But they weren't good. Eric, I remember the yeah. season. Eric Meek senior year. Yeah. So. They Those were, two guys who came in in 91 needed to be program-changing changing, or program-leading level, and they they weren't. No, they weren't. So it's very interesting hey, with Price. You're right. The record, 13 and 18. 18. Yes. Worst season. I remember it because— two, 2 and 14 in the ACC. They were bad. They were Honestly, they were not they that were good. They were literally bad. They were not that good of a team. And yeah. Again, they were still a good college team. They could compete against other colleges, but in that conference at that time, they just couldn't compete. Um you but know. sometimes, I mean, and that happens. It shows sometimes, like even the highest level recruiters, yeah. highest level programs, 
miss. Yeah, and you can see a little bit of that. You're saying, okay, Meek's not going to be a great college player. Uh, nothing against him. Hopefully, he's doing well somewhere. He, he wasn't going to be a, a program changer. Um, Ricky Price didn't. That was a bad team, and then he played a little bit in the '96 season. But as Duke got better, they started bringing in Carowell. Yeah, Elton Brand. The team got better, and His Ricky Price diminished. just diminished yeah. to where the '98 season. They were expected to go to the Final Four. They got uh, upset by the Comeback Cats, I believe, in the Elite Eight. In 98? Yeah, 98. Yeah. And Ricky Price wasn't even playing. No, he played 21 yeah. games that year, yeah. averaged 2.7 points yeah. and 1.1 yeah, rebounds. He, he wasn't even play. playing. I remember because I watched those games closely. I was watching players closely. And and interesting, you bring in, talk about Burgess, who's 97. So he was on that 98 team. And again, that's another guy who I believe, you know, oh my God, as a sophomore and as a younger place, like this guy has top five talent he's maybe the top player in this class in a very strong class and then he got some injuries and he like we kind of peaked be honest chris burgess peaked in high school in high school before the end of his senior year and then when you saw the circuit and the all-star games you're like okay he's not as good as mcgrady or lamar odom he was clearly not the best player and in the country it was clearly but he was recruited as the best player in the country interesting interesting how people were like duke fans thought they would get the best player in the country and that's i mean obviously you know what this I mean? is all Similar before social Park. media yeah, this and is, like but yeah. parks too we got the best center in the country well he's not as good as chris weber right. it's the same thing with with burgess clearly not lamar odom clearly not El- elton brand well and it showed because yeah. he played 2 years at duke had average numbers transferred to utah, utah. and had okay pedestrian time, career pedestrian yeah. career at utah when utah was in the mountain west and then Obviously, Lamar Odom and um, McGrady. Uh, McGrady all are NBA all stars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's very interesting. So I think from the outside looking in, you can see as a as a what do you call it when you're a neutral observer, you're yeah. like, this is uh, okay. Maybe he can contribute. Whereas Duke fans, the fanatics, they're oh my god, we got the best player in the country, well, the best class in the country, and that class did produce. The '97 class did produce, but it kind of left Burgess behind. Like it was, it was. Avery. It was other guys who Brand. stepped up, right? Yeah, you know, they, they kind of helped that class and they went to the 99 championship game as sophomores. So very interesting dynamics there. I, I think... It, uh, that's you know, all before social media. I think yeah. that makes a big difference because... You, you had you to really knew. You had to really yeah, follow you, it. You couldn't, you couldn't yeah. just Google yeah. Cherokee or Twitter search Cherokee Parks yeah. and look at his, his highlight highlights. tape. Yeah. No, yeah, it was very interesting. You had, you had to know or be in the know somewhat. And like you said, some of these other guys, uh, Taylor King... Uh, was a big name, but again, he was ranked by some people in the four, fifth, in the teens, by some people in the thirties. Yeah, they thought he was already he ain't gonna be that good at Duke. He was being honest, he, but he was what he was. Like he yeah. was gonna be yeah. a three point specialist kind of guy. He wasn't yeah. a great athlete. Yeah, he couldn't really go by anybody off the dribble. Yeah, he had great size, you know, For, as, as a, a three point shooter, shooter. With, yeah. with with range. But again, wasn't a great athlete. Wasn't a good defender. Kind of peaked as an athlete, maybe. 10th, 11th grade sure. year. Wasn't getting better. Oh, my God. Look at his athleticism. He put up insane high school numbers. Yeah, he was a good high school player. <laughs> he put up insane high school good, numbers. And he had a big reputation on the grassroots circuit and at camps like that. But uh, I, I think it was pretty obvious he wasn't to the level in that 07 class as as Eric Gordon, Derek Rose, OJ Mayo. He was a step behind those guys. Sure. And I think those guys knew that. I, I was yeah. around them enough to know that they knew that. And it was no problem. But again, Duke... I think some fans were already like, I don't know what they're getting. They're not getting this, you know, twenty point a game in the score ACC. Yeah, where the fans are going to be getting these guys who are who are doing this and that. So very interesting dynamics. Uh, Derek Thornton, I think, moved up a year and accelerated to get there. Yeah, a year early. I'm not sure that worked that to his advantage. I mean, it was like Duke needed field. 
he filled a void for Duke, and it didn't really matter if he excelled or didn't because well, he, yeah. he filled like a last minute void. He filled last minute void, and he did a fine job yeah. of that. But again, yeah. at Duke, you're going to get recruited over. Correct. You're going to that's that's the thing. It's like if you're not producing, yeah, at, at that what level at that they the want. level you need, or they yeah. yeah the level they want you to produce at, they're just going to find somebody else because that's the nature of the beast. Now they can get who whoever they want. Duke can go out and get whoever they want. They came in two weeks, you know, before Cassius Stanley's decision date. And said, "Here you go, Duke. We want you to come play for Duke." Um, and of course, Cash Stanley said, "Yep, I'm going to Duke because that's what they can do." So if you're not producing at that level immediately, you're either going to be a, a guy who sits on the bench and is a rah rah guy, waving the towel and clapping, and you know, doing you know the secret handshake at the end of the introduction line, yeah, or you're going to transfer, you know, and, and play somewhere else. What? Why do you think, Ronnie? That a lot of these Southern California guys um, just kind of didn't pan out at Duke. Um, I think because the expectation level of going to Duke, they assumed they were the best player in the country at their position or the best part of the best recruiting class, you know. And if you take them individually, some of them just weren't that good, right? You know, they uh, they just weren't that good. Um, and you can see that. I mean, following it, then you can kind of see that. I think Rick Price came in with a. Coach K sat out of the year. He had back surgery, and and they just had a bad run there for Bennett. Didn't really work out. Um, and he for for better reason or you know lack of a great reason, he got in Coach K's doghouse because he was not getting off the bench. And it was very interesting to see Ricky Price not transfer, go to UNLV, go yeah, to San Diego years State, Duke, man. Yeah, go to San Diego State, go to Cincinnati. Yeah, I always thought that at that as a younger guy who was who was trying to learn more about basketball, and I was playing in high school, and then. You know, following it, I was like, man, why didn't Ricky Price going to UNLV or somewhere he could just let him you know, just go, yeah. just go and use his athleticism, get on the open court? Just didn't work out. So I think um, for some of them, it's because of what you said, Devin, they may have peaked, may have been slightly overrated. Yep. Or Duke is at such a level, you know, Coach K's been a 10, 12 Final Fours that if they see any inkling that they're not going to get to the level that you want, they're going to bring in another guy. Yeah. Which brings us to this group. So they have, you know, Wendell Moore. They got, uh, like you said, Jones coming back, bringing in Vernon Carey. Yeah. You know, obviously, we they have to mix it up. I think it's good in terms of they have some returning talent. So there's not a lot of pressure on Cassius and Boogie. But one of those guys not getting playing time as much as the other, I would assume. And then... You know, so what do you see there, and what's the adv- what's the advantages for them, and what's where are they at a disadvantage? These two guys, I think the advantage for Boogie is that he can score in a variety of ways. Okay, whether it's on the ball or off the ball, so he can play a little bit of point guard if you need him to, because he can handle it and he can go by yeah. people if if needed, uh, and he can hit pull up pull up jump shots he, like like pop pop. Boogie kind of has that yeah. two dribble stop on a dime, pull elevate, up. and hit a shot, and Boogie has a lot of confidence. Yeah, as we've seen, you know, he, we watching him as a freshman or a sophomore playing with the San Diego All Stars. He was always trying to go at the other top players because he had a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, um, he wasn't as as uh, maybe he didn't give as much publicity. It's very interesting. Uh, go ahead and finish your yeah, thought think, on, on yeah, Boogie think, and Cash. Sure. Yeah, I think the the positives for there's positives for both is there's there's playing time available, immediate playing time available because you lose Zion Williamson, you lose Cam Reddish, you lose. Um, R.J. Barrett, Barrett, obviously. Um, And, you know, you never know if there's a couple guys who see this big recruiting class coming in and be like, I I need to transfer. 
sure. you know, maybe like Alex O'Connell or whomever. But sure. Um, Joey Baker is another returning. He didn't play very much. He was a highly recruited guy at a high school, and he didn't play very much this year. So maybe he's going to um, rise to the occasion and be that guy who can contribute. But positional-wise, so yeah, Trey Jones at the point guard spot, right? Who else is going to who else is going to fill? You got Marquise Bolden. He's a big guy. Sure. Vernon Carey's a big guy. Um, you know, Boogie yeah. and Cassius coming in. They're wings, guards. Yeah. Um. So I think there's there's minutes available. Okay. The thing is, you have to take. You have to, it's, that's great for them, but you have to take advantage of those minutes. Yeah, you have to take somebody immediately. You have to take somebody's minutes, and then you're fighting each other for minutes. And yeah, they. I mean, they they could be. Yeah, a bit. So that's. I think that's good competition that favors Duke. Um, you know. We'll, 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 what is Wendell Moore? He's a combo. Yeah, he's a combo, and he's a little bit. Uh, definitely not gonna. I don't think he's in contention with Boogie. I think maybe Cassius. They would fight a little bit. You know. So you think for, Wendell Moore is a step above? Is what you're? Well, because he's bigger. He's six five. Yeah, and stronger. Stronger. Yeah, and he played the three. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe play a little bit of two if he shows consistency. So you think? You think yeah. Cassius has more. More competition with Wendell more than he does with Boogie? Well, I think if Cassius can play a little bit, uh, still a little bit of minutes at the three, if they go small or okay. with small guard, maybe it's a situational thing. They need some foul shooting out there or something like that. And then he can also challenge Boogie a little bit. So I think Boogie, like you said, pretty much going to back up Trey Jones or get some of Trey Jones' minutes when he's on the bench. Okay. And maybe they play those two together a they little bit. They could play them together because, like I said, Boogie's yeah. very good off the, off the ball as a scorer moving, coming off screens and things like that. He knows he knows how to work off the ball. Sure. Um, I, I, I just think when uh, the kid from Cox Mill is just going to give them more defensive ability I agree. Right, right away. Yeah. You know, a little bigger, a little stronger. So Vernon Carey's going to start. I'm pretty yeah, sure no. he's at. Vernon Carey's going to yeah. start. Duke start? So what's Duke's starting lineup look like now? I mean, yeah. I'm looking at the roster. Okay, let me go down the roster of the guys who are coming back. Uh, that you know, we're, we're on the roster. Javon Deloria, he's a you know, he's a center forward center. Yeah. Joey Baker, he's like a wing type, but more yeah. on the lines of a four, especially in a system. Yeah. Stretch four, quote unquote. Jo- Jordan Goldwire, who was a bench contributor uh, this year, but okay. you know he played a few minutes. Alex O'Connell, who played a handful of minutes here and there. Uh, Marquise Bolden, who's a big man. Yeah. Uh, Jack White, who is, uh, you know, supposed to be a shooter, but I'm not sure the shooting percentage is matched up to what most people, people expected, expected, right? Okay. Uh, Justin Robinson, Mike Buckmeyer, and Brennan Besser. Like, yeah, those guys don't play. They so don't play much. Like I said, you got Vernon Carey, you got Wendell Moore, you got Boogie Cassius coming in. They have, we, all yeah. have a chance to play. Yeah. The Lavere, how do you say his name? Um, the first guy you said, um, Javin Delorier. Del- Delorier and yeah. or Bolden is going to start. Right. Okay. You know, so w- w- Vernon will start Vernon, opposite. Yeah. Delorier, say, or yeah. Bolden. Yeah. Uh, Trey Jones. And then... Wendell Moore. Wendell Moore and Cassius or Boogie. Cassius and Boogie. Yep. So that's that's interesting. Yeah. So that's going to be... They're going to be fine. They're going to... That can get them better, though. It the, could. The negative is if Coach K likes one of them way more than the other, as he's proven over time, if he, you know, hey, I, this, I'm going with this guy... One of them will see the writing on the wall halfway through the season. Okay, say, you know what I yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah. They'll say, "Hey, he's obviously clearly getting it's gonna more be, minutes." Yeah, it's going to be very evident, and yeah. everyone's going to know. Correct. Who who is getting the minutes and who? Yeah, could potentially be on the bounce back. Interesting. Um, obviously, we want them to have a great career. Oh yeah, of course. Um, I do think there's some space there. There's a chance they're going to be a good team. 
and they have some experience. But this class is not nearly as as high level as the 2018 class. No, they're not, not even close. No, it's not. It's but it could be a class that could be very good in 2021. Yeah, if they all stay. Yeah, if they stay, you know, they'd be very interesting. But nowadays, it's a that's a that's it's a, a tough proposition to right it's to tough, even project. Yeah, We're, we we got to project them. For, they're trying to produce right now. It's so. instant gratification. Yeah, you produce now. You, you it's, it's both sides. It's the college programs you produce now, or you know, we're gonna recruit over you, and you're welcome to go somewhere else. Or it's the high school kids who go in and say, I don't want to wait, don't want to be patient, I want to play now. And then they transfer. Yeah. So it, it works both ways. Very interesting. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's funny when we talk about Rick Price. Uh, you know, would Eric Meek stay around? Again, Duke's a great education. Nowadays, would he stay around? Obviously, Parks was a, a, a staple. He played a lot. And he had a, you he know, had a good would, junior and senior yeah, season. Yeah. Would Ricky, would Ricky Price stay around? You know, very interesting. Um, nowadays, probably not. not yeah, probably days now and <laughs> not something would have happened there. Maybe in that transfer portal so fast to make your yeah, head spin. Yeah, the transfer portal is very nuts. So... <laughs> Very interesting to follow. Um, we'll be watching, and and uh, let's hope that both of them find their find their way. The the statistics say what five guys have done real good, yeah. And maybe what's maybe it's forty percent. Yeah. We we went through what about twelve players there. Yeah. And five of them have five. done good. Have done good, right? Yep. Um, Billis. Billis was you, good. You know, Parks. Parks was good. Uh, Nelson. Marcus, yep. Taylor King and now. No, and Derek Bagley, Thornton, okay. Bagley, Bagley, yeah. So yeah. we're talking about four or five guys <laughs> about the thirteen that worked out. So, I mean, based on that, those guys are in the forty. There's about a sixty percent chance the one of the are, two will transfer. That's the odds are against like. right. The, the odds, odds are against one of them. Are against one of them, correct? Correct. Based on what? Just the history, not against their talent ability. Yeah. Just but what we spoke on. Yeah. So, but again, uh, we were wishing the best for those two kids. Yeah. Always, always real, real nice and cordial yeah. to deal and, with. They'll, they'll both be playing good. on May fourth at the Balls Life All American Game. So make sure to get your tickets to see those two future uh, Duke Blue Devils in action. Yep, BallsLifeAllAmerican uh, yep. Check it out. You know, we'll be uh, releasing the rosters here in the next week or so, and should be a great game. And we'll, you'll get the chance to see both of them. Kind of, you'll be able to see three Duke guys. Vernon Carey's supposed to be there as well. So, uh, you know, if you're a Duke fan and you're a fan in general, just tune in and uh, check it out. And speaking of former Balls Life All-American game participants, the NBA playoffs are in full swing now, Ronnie. Um, not a whole lot of interesting stuff going on. There's been a couple sweeps um, in the East. Milwaukee, you know, dispatched Detroit easily. Blake Griffin was basically playing on one leg. He was injured. Um, so they had no shot against Giannis and those guys. Milwaukee's, <laughs> Milwaukee's a good team, dude. I didn't... I'm not sure how many people expected them to be this good, but they're legit. Um, Boston swept Indiana. Victor Oladipo's been out for you know the last half of the season with a with an injury, so he's their best player. Obviously, they snuck in. They didn't sneak in the playoffs. I mean, dude, they were the five seed. Wow! And they got swept. Um, and now Toronto and Philadelphia are both up three one um, as of Tuesday, April twenty third. Yeah, Kawhi Leonard's playing very. Kawhi well. Leonard's playing out of his mind. Um, and then in the West, Houston, Portland, and Golden State all hold 3-1 leads, you know, prime to advance. The most interesting series, I guess, as far as, you know, the matchup goes is San Antonio and, and Denver. They're tied at 2-2. But um, let's talk more individual player players. kind of things here, well, Ronnie. Let's go back to, um, real Run. quick, you mentioned uh, the series with uh Philadelphia, yeah, and they're in position in advance. What was going on there with, oh, with Jared Dudley and, and Ben Simmons in that series? So Jared, Jared Dudley, 
everyone knows this by now, but Jared Dudley call said, you know, he was interviewed after I think game one, and he said, you know, Ben Simmons is a great transition player, but he's a- <laughs> average. <laughs> he's average in the half court. Well, I think that goes for a lot of guys. But go ahead. What sure. did he say? Yeah, so he's, he's average in the half court. Yeah. Um, and then the next game. You know, Ben Simmons came out and was just dominant. Like 31 okay. points, nine rebounds, like six assists. I mean, was it just, any of it in the half him. court or was a it lot, all... a lot of it was in the half court? <laughs> so, you know, Jared and Jared Dudley ended up airballing a three pointer yeah, in that I, game. I saw ben that. Simmons was looking at him like, like you're a with scrub. his arms yeah. out, like, you're a scrub. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if Jared Dudley was trying to get in Ben Simmons' head, uh-huh. but I don't think that that's the guy to try and get into his head like Ben Got Simmons it. is a guy who's like super mentally tough and he knows his ability he's competed at an extremely high yeah, level like he's yeah. putting up ridiculous numbers uh ever since he started in the league, in the league. like yeah. this guy is just on a different level uh-huh. um sure can very ben, interesting Ben Simmons can he shoot a three-point shot absolutely not but here's the thing yeah. if you know the strengths of your game and no one can stop you when you they do can't those stop things him anyway yeah, you don't need to shoot a three pointer. I would if you're say that, that good. Yeah, I mean, obviously you want to keep people honest, but I would be like, great, don't shoot a three pointer. Get an easy shot. <laughs> right. You get a layup every like, time you can. If you know? you're shooting the three point, like he shoots one three pointer, you know, every like 150 mm-hmm. games or okay. some crazy number on on average. Okay, but if he's let me get me wrong, Devin, if he's pretty skilled, like you said, he's been at the high level for a long time. He's a lefty and he's six ten. What do I want him shooting threes for? And he can pass for? the shit out of yeah. the ball. What do I want him shooting threes for? Yeah, I don't get that part. Right, you know, and get by guys. The funny thing is, the NBA, finishing. the NBA is a transition game now. Yeah, like no one plays defense in the NBA. We're constantly seeing games, yeah. even in the playoffs, people scoring 125 points. Wow, this isn't it. This isn't the era where you go to the basket, it's grinding, and you, get, you, you know. get fucking cracked with an elbow in the side of your head. No, no. and you're on the ground bleeding. No, and no. the guy doesn't get thrown out of the game. No, it's just in the hard foul. No, there's not it's too just, much of that. So. That seems to play into Ben Simmons' favor. So they're up three one. Are they? Yeah, they're up three one, and so they're, they're listen, gonna. They're probably gonna. They're advance. probably gonna move on because. So then would be give us the matchups in the East for the second round. I don't even know, dude. Uh, would on, be Milwaukee. Gonna, yeah, Milwaukee. Play the four seed. Got it. Interesting, but yeah, it's because it seems like the first round games are a little bit um run in the mill. Run in the mill. So Kawhi Leonard's playing very good there in Toronto. Um, you know, now a couple of his teammates or guys who've been playing with other players are calling and comparing him to Jordan a little bit. Uh, Dame Dame Lillard, another California players. Yeah, so it's Milwaukee against Boston, and then Philadelphia will likely play Toronto. Wow, in the Those west, in the west, if everything holds, it'll be Golden State Houston in the second round, which is yeah. I mean, that's that's a rematch of the finals. Right, that's the a Western big, finals. That's a that's a big time series, and then Portland, um, against either Denver or San Antonio. Uh, I want to go back to I want to go back to the East and talk about Kawhi Leonard. Okay. Um. Our our guys Clint pa- Clint Parks and Cartier, yeah. French Tony, uh, real yeah. solid. You know, trainers know the game. Uh, Clint, you know, was was previously trained Kawhi. Kawhi at, at uh, Riverside North. Um. And even like you know NBA players are coming out yeah. like Kendrick Perkins saying that Kawhi Leonard reminds him of Michael Jordan. Whoa. That's your initial your, reaction. Yeah, That's what, your reaction. Yeah, That's your reaction. I want to hear you. See, you watch more MJ in his prime yeah. than I did because I'm yeah. young. I'm, sure. I'm, I'm ten or you know twelve years younger than yeah, you. Yeah, you are. caught the end tail end. I caught of the it. tail end of the career. Yeah. So, but what was the basis of that? Be just the dominance or just the ability to move? No, the ability dominate, to dominate, dominate like dominate a game on both mm-hmm. ends of the court. Wow, that's a big statement. And maybe he is playing so, that good. Yeah. Let's no, see him. The I, want, I want you to. I want you to. Break it go down. hard in the paint wow. on this one. He's not Michael Jordan. <laughs> okay, thank you. But all right, all right, let's see win. what he does later on in the playoffs against a tough team, whether it's Toronto, 
against Milwaukee in the in the East Final. Okay. And he just dominates and be like, whoa, this guy's really stepping up. And maybe he deserves more credit because it seems like he didn't get a lot of credit in San Antonio. Do you think that's one of the reasons why he sat out that season? It was like they didn't appreciate him, or was that not true? I do. I don't want to try and pretend like I'm in no, the mind of Kawhi Leonard good. because yeah. no one's in the mind of Kawhi Leonard. Like I doesn't even say anything, and that's great. And, I love the way I love his the way. He and operates. remember, they were they were kind of people thought they were going to do well in that Golden State series. Then he got hit in the knee on a jumper, and he was out. Right. Here's the thing: if if, if they win, if do they, that good in that they're going to win that. They're probably going to win that series if Kawhi Leonard doesn't get hurt. Wow. Zaza Pachulia, changes, I think. I think Zaza stuck his foot out. Wow. Uh, and that changes that the changes whole trajectory, trajectory of, of the whole franchise. Of the franchise. Yeah. If Golden State doesn't win, right? So yeah. And he's dominating here. Um, now he's not really in the MVP race. Obviously, we got some other Southern California California guys in it. Harden. But should he be? And and Paul George. It seems like Paul George has kind of tailed off. He's tailed off. He yeah. tailed off. So it's, hard, so it's Harden and, and, and the Greek. And the Greek freak. But, I mean, yeah. why is Kawhi Leonard not in that conversation? Yeah. I mean, I think, he's, like you said, where do people, you know, Toronto. He's not flashy he's enough? He's not flashy. But for other players to think he's that good. That's bullshit, though. Yeah, I, I think it's bullshit. But you, he didn't have think, that good se- season. He's obviously having one. It's going to come down to what he does if they make it against the Greek freak in Milwaukee. Because it sounds like that team is the prime team in the East right now, playing really well. Uh... You know, obviously the Greek free gets a lot of attention, much more than Kawhi. So it's going to be his time to see what you know who's going to lead, lead, yeah. and, and show to be the alpha dog of that East. I always and, lean this way with when it comes to MVP stuff and all that. Yeah. Most important player on the uh, on his team yeah. in the league. Take Kawhi Leonard off Toronto. What are they? Oh, they're not very good. I, I just don't think they're very good. Okay. You know, and right? He's always been more of a. Of a guy that can lead the team and is gonna, people think he's gonna lead it. He gives you the feeling that he can lead a team a little more than Demar Derozan. Is he a better player game in and game out? That that's debatable. Yeah, he is. No, I think hundred percent. Yeah, on both ends of the floor. Yeah, not even close. So that's why. But Demar Derozan's an all star. But Kawhi Leonard is. You when you have him, you think you can win. So sure, he's a top five. He's a top five player in the world. Wow. So that's interesting, but MJ. Is, I mean, it's, it's funny though because so when you people, say MJ top five player in the world, like you got to be the best player in the league hands down, sure, and not lose a playoff, big time playoff series. So let's 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 let it <laughs> well, marinate. Yeah, no, that's... let's let it marinate a little bit and see what he does against the Greek freak if they both make it, and then we'll come back to the conversation because I want, like you said, want to watch it more. I can't sit here in line and say I'm watching Toronto Raptors games all the time. <laughs> you, I mean, you're you know, you're balls deep in your in your computer all the time yeah, looking yeah. at high school. I'm stats looking at high school and, shit. Yeah. So. I do want to watch these series, especially this. It's I like the way the East is set up right now. It's like teams think they have a chance. Yeah, and that's good. That's the first time it's happened in a, a long, long time. time. Yeah, where the I mean, East, as far as yeah, the East, multiple yeah. teams. Yeah, like, multiple teams really think they have Cleveland, a chance. Cleveland, when LeBron was there, or Miami, when LeBron yeah. was there, they were the odds-on favorite. Yeah. No one was challenging them. Now, yeah. you know, we have what three teams, right? We have three. I mean, Milwaukee. I'm not sure. Boston. I think Milwaukee's going to handle them fairly okay. easily. But uh, Toronto and Philly, and Philly they're both they have a really, chance. they're both really talented. They're both deep, and they both believe that they, they can win for sure. And they they have yeah. they have every position of need filled. Like wow. you, you have Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. They have good players at each position. Good, uh, Jimmy Butler and JJ Redick, a knockdown shooter. Yeah, right. I mean, that, that's going to be a really good series. That's awesome. I'm so I'm happy for Kawhi Leonard that he's getting that respect a little bit away from. Popovich and oh the system and you know he's, he's learned from yeah. Duncan he's good <laughs> he's this, making his own name he's yeah. showing that he can play outside of a, a system and now yeah. let's move west a little bit and talk about Damian Lillard yeah let's talk about Lillard and he and Russell Westbrook have been going at it yes they have 
and that's good to see. And people, most people like that. I like that. Yeah, I like another to see buddy, buddy. A little we bit of fire. A little bit of fire there. Damian Leonard is a very good player. The Weber State Oakland High standout. It seems like we're talking so much about California players. We're not doing that on purpose. It's just that's who's doing good in the playoffs. Right, it's because California is, dominating is, the, is right the best yeah. basketball state in the country. It's producing right Call now. Call me on it. Yeah, because producing right now is ridiculous. We're talking about, and we we say it, we see it, and we say it on social media. It's like seven of the top fifteen players in the world right, right now from California. Right. And we can name them all if you guys want to, but you know who they are. We've talked about four or five of them already, and then throw in Clay Thompson. You, right. You, you throw in Paul George. That's that's the the tier right there it's, so it's insane it's crazy yeah it's nuts they all came in roughly in a two three year span from 06 to 09 they came in the league all these guys right. leonard clay thompson lillard harden harden they all came in together so very you know it was i was lucky to see a lot of it almost all their big games and now that to see them doing the nba it's, it's very exciting so um it looks like lillard's got the advantage there does he have the better team Devin, or is he just Playing good, and Russell Westbrook's maybe either not using his team or getting too caught up. He's maybe a little bit more uh, narrow-minded or whatever you call tunnel vision. What do you <laughs> yeah, see there? I mean, narrow-minded, that's, that's a funny way to put it. He's very, I don't know uh, I'm not using very, the right word. You, Russell's very stubborn. Yeah, okay. Right? I mean, he wants to be the guy who takes over games. Okay. But I've been, you know, a lot of people have been saying this on various social media uh, platforms. He's he's lost that, that mid-range game that he, he yeah. had down so well. Okay. He always had that stop and pop jumper. We talked about it earlier with Pop yeah. Pop, uh, and other, players, and other yeah. high school players. Yeah. Like Russell Westbrook had that full speed because he's one of the fastest guys end to end in the in league history, with the yeah. ball in his hands for sure that I've I've ever seen. Oh, he's explosive beyond that. Super. Yeah. He's Explos- he's the most explosive player that you can find. Yeah. He used to just come you know 100 miles an hour, boom, stop and pop, hit that mid range jumper, and that opened up so many different things. Um, Was that because for he, his teammates? Is he not doing it because? The team is not as strong. He doesn't trust them as much as he used to. There maybe they're not as much talent around, or just is he getting think, caught up? In I think that, trying to show up Lillard or the other team. No, I think I think it's a, a matter of his three point shot is not going yeah. at all. Okay, so maybe it's a, I need to get to the rim to get myself going. Okay, but again, you, when Russell goes to the rim, Russell's going to the rim. Like yeah. there's very there's not very many times where he's driving and kicking. He's going to the rim to get fouled or get fouled at the free throw line, dunk yeah. on somebody, something like that, because he's so aggressive. But that's taken away from Paul George, and I don't think you know the supporting cast because I believe Terrence Ferguson is starting uh, on that team. Terrence Solid Ferguson player. is a role player. Yeah, he's a role player, right? Uh, Stephen Adams is not a go-to offensive threat on the block, no. so I think Lillard has the better team because CJ McCollum is absolutely fantastic as well at creating his own shot. Um, Alfred Camino is playing well. So yeah, in this kind of in this kind of series, yeah, this kind of series, you got to fit right, and your whomever's role players are gonna are gonna play the best, probably have the best chance to win the series. And right now, yeah. Lillard and McCollum are both obviously superstar players, but the role players for Portland are playing better now playing than better. Yeah, and and Paul George, like we talked about a little bit earlier, he's kind of fallen off. He's kind of yeah, ta- tailored was, off a little bit. He was in that MVP race halfway through the season. I remember I see some tweets about it, and I was arguing with some of my buddies, you know, Paul George, oh, you overlooked him, Ronnie, in high school. And, you know, he was at night of Palmdale. We, we've talked about that before. He's in that group of seven standout players from California. So, um, yeah, I, I obviously I'm glad he came back from that injury, a USA basketball injury. It was, like, so gruesome. I was like, man, is this guy ever going to be at that level again? I'm glad he got there. But I've never looked at him as, okay, Paul George is going to lead a team to the NBA title. Right. Like, 
I, I never saw that. So uh, let's just see how these two, I guess, conference semifinals play out. Very interesting, you said, with Russell Westbrook and Damon Lillard going out. Lillard has the advantage right now. Is he? Is he and people really like him. Why do Why do people like da- Damian Lillard so much? Just in general, is it because of the way he's marketed? Maybe Adidas, I don't or think... because he's from Weber State and he doesn't talk a lot. He's not a flashy. Yeah. Why do people like so Lillard I, so much? I think I was going to ask you. Well, yeah. is he underappreciated as yeah. a basketball player? For yeah. sure, hundred percent. Okay. Because he's not the guy who's like pounding the his face, chest yeah. and kind of like face of the team or not face of the no he's the face of the team but he's not like i don't know he's in portland i guess quote unquote small market i guess yeah. whatever you want to call that yeah um but i think it's because i think he's he's on that side of humble right he's, he's not humble. all over social media trying to be a you know a celebrity or whatnot a celebrity away from the court away from the court uh you know he's, he just plays he's ball extremely involved in his community he just plays basketball and he, and he does it really well night in and night out and he's not on the court, you know, you know, making an ass out of himself like some people do. Yeah. Um, but again, he's he's just kind of low key, and I think people. I like that. They some people like that. that. Some people I like appreciate it. it. I do too. Uh, because we talk about low key. Now let's jump into the thing I was saying with Popovich. Uh, Popovich had obviously has credibility because he's been around longest tenure coach, and he has the five championships with the Duncan Parker Leonard group, and obviously don't want to leave out Ginobili that group. So he got a reputation because the league started putting in mandated with their TV contracts that at the half or coming out of a quarter, you <laughs> had to do a, a, an interview with the sideline reporter and the sideline reporter itself is much more accepted when it first started. It was like, Oh, they're just throwing hot chicks out there to, to interview people so people can you know pay attention to the game. So that's become more part of the game. And I guess Popovich didn't really like it. So Popovich kind of either gives a sly answer or says very little, and people got used to it and then accepted it. But how come when now you you can you can have a couple of different views in terms of a reporter view in terms of TV or a fan? How when Westbrook is treating this this individual in the media, um, Barry Trammell in that regard, kind of like shine him off, similar to what Pop did, but Pop got. <laughs> It was kind of funny and revered, but it ain't like that with 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 Westbrook. So go take that, take us through that a little bit, Devin, a little background, and give me your take first on Popovich and then on Westbrook. Yeah, that's a, actually an extremely tough question. Yeah. Uh, so Russell Westbrook has had this beef with the reporter yeah. Barry Trammell of the Oklahoma, and he's the Oklahoma City beat, beat reporter. Writer. So he literally is at every single game, Oklahoma City game. It's doing his job. Yeah, it's dated back to 2015. Um, you know, I think there was one instance in the playoff game where Trammell asked Stephen Adams to um, kind of identify, you know, what was wrong with the team or like, yeah. you know, who wasn't pulling their weight or something to that he nature. He asked him in the in the press in the press room. in the press room, right? Yeah, yeah. after a game, uh-huh. and Westbrook wouldn't let famously wouldn't let Adams answer it, um, and ever since then, <laughs> he won't answer any, any questions questions from, from Trammell. Yeah. yeah, so Trammell at every post game. Press conference, Trammell will ask, maybe, I think it's the first question, and every time Trammell asks a question, Westbrook says, next question. And Okay, so to me, he's almost, that's, now why does the gentleman, why do they give the gentleman the mic, and why because does he his keep job. that? Correct. He has to keep, so both these guys are clearly stubborn, yeah. right? Uh, Trammell Tram- has to do his job. That's what he's right. paid to do. Bill. He's paid to. And he wants to keep his job. He's paid to, port, yeah. he's paid to report on the team. Yeah. 
what Russell Westbrook is the best player, the most important player yeah, in that franchise. So to, in order to, for Trammell to do his job as he's been hired to do, he needs to ask, ask Westbrook Russell Westbrook questions, questions about teams. So and Trammell's doing his job and Westbrook is holding firm on the fact that he doesn't want to talk to Trammell. Um, relating that to Popovich, I think the difference is, Ronnie, Popovich, yeah. while his answers are very short and quippy and kind of sarcastic, the, he answers the questions. Okay. Does that Got make it. sense? Yeah, he answers so the question. Whoever it is. He didn't just say next question, right, right out of here, walk away. He doesn't He doesn't go, he doesn't stand there looking at the camera and the reporter asks a question like, okay, so what were you know some of the things you saw in the first half that you need to make adjustments on? And Popovich doesn't go silent and walk away. No. He says... He says something like, oh, we need oh, to play defense nice better. Nice sweater, or that's a nice sweater you're yeah. wearing, or something. We yeah. need to play defense better, or that's yeah. a really nice sweater, and yeah. walks away. Yeah. So he, he he answers the question. I know it's yeah. trivial, but like, yeah. and I'm, I'm, I'm pulling strings here. He answers the question, the question that's posed, and Westbrook yeah. is not answering the question. Yeah. I um, From the reporter's standpoint, um, I see where Trammell's coming from. i trying to find Westbrook's player's standpoint, but, uh, you know... Without the media, you know, the league is is missing out on something. I think other coaches have said Steve Kerr, who's 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 very open minded and, and very well thought out answers, he said this is dangerous, this is not good for the league. I go back to people saw saw what Popovich did, so the players are like, Ah, I could be snarky and silly. So I, you think I, you yeah. think there there's some correlation there. Okay. But also it's controlling the situation and uh, maybe the he wants to say, you know, that guy, forget that guy. He's not important to this. I'm the player. People who hear, the fans are here to see us, which is true. But there's something missing there. And I think the bigger issue is respect on both parts, especially on Westbrook. And then also um, your financial situation. Um, I just think there's mistrust in general between the media and the players. And I think that happens because, like you said, Trammell's doing his job. He's making 50000 <laughs> In a, in maybe, a, in maybe a little more, yeah, but yeah, yeah, okay. Even if you're making eighty thousand, yeah, in a in a industry that's hemorrhaging jobs, that's very difficult. Yeah, that dude's job is on the line right. every day. Every day, his he can get a call tomorrow and say the Oklahoman can say we're cutting out twenty cut. positions. I've been in that position. Yeah, we're cutting it out. Whereas Westbrook is making, you know, thirty Lots million yeah. dollars just in a in a in the basketball contract. Yeah, just the the, yeah, and 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 he's basically. Saying I don't have to deal with this if I don't want to. So sure. does the NBA step in? Does the Thunder step in? Um, you know, don't look like the guy travels going anywhere right now. Like you said, he needs to keep his job. He's trying to do his best he can. Um, is he at fault or or, or culpable here? P- potentially, maybe he's he's got. I mean, maybe there's something some behind the scenes we don't know. No, correct. I don't know. Yeah, but at some point there has to be a common ground. I think Westbrook is one of the faces of the league. He can. It could definitely be handled in this different situation. Maybe he can just answer the guy's question and move on. You know, say, "Hey, yeah, this is what I think." He's trying to prove a point, but at this point, what point is he proving? Yeah, the point is already the point proven. has already been proven. proven. Obviously, yeah. I think it just needs to be squashed. But so, put yourself yeah. in Oklahoma City uh, Thunder, you know, media relations shoes. Do you why do you continue to bring Westbrook into yeah, the into the into the post game room? Bring somebody yeah. else. Yeah, bring somebody else, and then also the Oklahoma might be like, "Yo, you know, we've." Covered this team since you guys moved here. We, you know, again, you would assume they have a positive rapport. Maybe they do some advertising. You know, uh, 
you're treating our our employees. We're trying to treat your employees with respect. Treat ours with respect. That here, you, you said you know what I mean. A, no, no, and Oklahoma think, home and covers the whole state. Yeah, yeah. The thunder people want to know about them. I want to go back to something you said in that yeah. previous sentence. You said a positive relationship between yeah. the organization and the media. Yeah, it's not. That, that's where I think there's a disconnect. The yeah. media is not there to report on everything positive. Like they're not a fan site, especially Correct. in the newspaper. A lot of the, you know, we have like rivals. Not, we have yeah. rivals in twenty four seven. They have fan sites and they report all the positive things. And yeah, you know, uh, they, they, they call them fanboy homers, sites. Homers. Yeah, it's, yeah. The, a daily news reporter is not that. It's not a Homer journalism. Sure. Type of thing. That's what I think people. You know, especially maybe some of our listeners don't really understand the inner workings of yeah. news organizations and how they cover uh, sports teams. They're not fans. Yeah. You have to take yourself out of being a fan because you're reporting on every single aspect of the team. Good Trades, or bad. Trades. Arrests. Arrests. Yeah, exactly. Uh, firings. Firings. Yeah. Yeah. GM, you know, being let go oh. or what, anything. Anything that could happen. Look DUIs, what's happening in, whatever. Look what's happening in Sacramento. Bill Walton is... Luke. Son is Luke yeah. <laughs> is looked at as kind of the scapegoat in L.A. Oh, poor poor Luke, he got a raw deal. Boom! Three days later, he's he's in being charged with sexual battery, son. and that's what you're talking about, right? You, you, you have get, to yeah, you have to cover every aspect, positive or negative. You're not writing fluff pieces to make yeah. players look good. You're doing your job as a media guy. Yeah. So I want to get away from the NBA playoffs. Let's go to some uh you know non NBA playoff news. Um. <laughs> the Suns, uh, their their front office is just an absolute shambles. They fired their coach. If I say this incorrectly, I apologize. Igor Kokosov, first year coach. Uh, he, he was brought in, highly touted as a kind of a you know longtime uh, assistant, you know, uh, coach overseas, things like that. Yeah. And he was given one year to turn around a franchise that has been absolute hot trash, garbage, whatever you want to call it, for the last three years eight of the last nine seasons they have a losing record ronnie wow sons so he gets one year he finishes 19 and 63 with a young team yeah battled some injuries traded away some some assets had had different looks on the team um worst in the western conference second worst in the league tied with cleveland ronnie fair or foul to fire a guy after one season um there must be there's something there i would say it's foul because what what did you expect <laughs> exactly. I mean, you got rid of the previous coach, right? Oh, and, and you brought in this guy, and they've had four, four or five coaches. They've had they had four coaches less since 2016, and that's basically a coach's season. So, what do you expect to happen? Um, again, unless you get the best coach in the league, who Popovich or Brad Stevens or something, what are you getting? You're right. gonna, it's, you're starting all over again, and people kind of mention that. Well, Devin Booker's wasting away. Well. The is he? Is, he's 22 no, years old. No, not just that. He There's been a lot of great players on bad teams that have been stuck in bad situations. We see it now. Obviously, we want to see Devin Booker excel just like he anybody else. He is excelling, else. right. But, uh, he's I mean, not excelling. Winning, winning games. Winning, okay. But there's been a lot of great players that have been on losing. I mean, let's go to Ernie Banks who's the number one in team sports. You know, Mr. Let's play two for the Cubs. They were just terrible when he's a Hall of Fame player. So there's been some of that. You know, what are you doing with this, with this young talent? And um, I think it's... Unless there's something behind the scenes where they, some some communication breakdown between GMs and the owner, they didn't like him. Is after all, then I can see why they would let him go. But other than that, anything that we can see on the basketball court or their record, I, I well, there's no way that guy so, got a fair okay, shake from pull, the basketball standpoint. Yeah, yeah. Now again, there could be some communication issues. 
there or you know something i don't like him personally the owner maybe the owner rubs they will rub each other the wrong way there's some disconnect so this guy don't know this but. guy so this guy comes in right this yeah. this is his first year there okay yeah so they they draft deandre ayton okay Good they, they draft michael bridges who ended up playing relatively well towards the end of the season okay um uh elio cobo a, a six three point guard from from overseas they, they drafted him but again so jamal crawford is a young team jamal crawford 18 years in the league, he's like a cyborg. He's never yeah. going to get old, right? Yeah, he's he just, he just keeps old. He, he just, just keeps, keeps going. Yeah. He's the most experienced guy on the team, okay? After him, the, the guy with the most experience is Troy Daniels. <laughs> five years in the league. They signed Jimmer Fredette late in the, wow. in the season, okay? He's got five years of experience, okay? Um, other than that, man, you're looking at TJ Warren, four years. You're looking at Devin Josh Booker, Jackson. three years. Josh Jackson, two years. Kelly Oubre, three years. And... This guy, that's a developmental Igor, team. our guy Igor was. Yeah, it's a, it, it, it's a team that needs multiple years. Yeah. To and some reach love, their peak and a, you know maybe a couple more good draft picks. Tricks, couple maybe more draft maybe picks, trade, trade some assets. So I forget you look at it. It's not. It's Igor Kokosov did not did not draft Josh yeah. Jackson. Did not yeah. draft yeah. any of these guys no. or did not make these decisions to bring them in. It's a front office problem. Yeah. And, you know, people are saying, what is this owner doing? What is the front office doing? you got to feel for the Suns. People like their basketball there in the Valley of the Sun. Obviously, they haven't been very good in quite a few years now. Like I said, losing seasons by. eight of the last nine years. Yeah, it's coming to what we talk about the Lakers. The time's just going by. Oh, God, yeah. You know, and, and you know, it's tough for this guy. Um, you know, who are they going to bring in? Is what so I, the, Monty the target, Williams? The, the top target is Monty Williams because Monty Williams is everybody's top target, Ronnie. Yeah. The Lakers have a second target. interview yeah. with him. Yeah. Now the Suns are making him his top target. So but again, you still have that <laughs> roster that got you the 9 and right, 63 so record. Is Monty so, Williams that much better of a coach than yeah. Igor Kokosov? We yeah. don't know. We don't know. And maybe, the, again, we're talking about the rapport, knowing the players, the okay. agents, feel comfortable. There's a lot of factors, like you said. But are they now going to go to, uh, you know, 32 and 50 or 42 and 42 because they just boom nothing they, changes because probably have not maybe they win then five or six more mm, games but they're still the bottom of the of the western conference. conference yeah wow that's what i'm saying unless you got a guy like a larry bird who just transcends your franchise what are you getting i i don't i don't wow. see it that's uh this know? is some big news i just saw here um i i don't see it yeah evan daniels of yaw of uh 24 7 Sports, he's uh, reporting that five-star guard Johnny Juzang, uh-huh. who was visited by Kentucky yesterday, is considering reclassifying to 2019. Wow. And um, obviously, Kentucky was in yesterday. Johnny Juzang is considering reclassifying to 2019. That Johnny's means John Juzang kid. is probably going to Kentucky. Kentucky. Yep. Because we know Johnny a little bit. Obviously, we've seen him on the travel circuit. He played part of that mythical national championship team with Compton Magic. And Johnny is good grades. His dad and oh, his Johnny, sponsors, they're his, an absolutely solid family. Yeah, Christian, his brother of, Christian's at Harvard. Yeah, education-wise, he's covered. So, again, we've talked about Derek Norton. We've talked about other guys who've jumped in the class. Now, again, if you're James Wiseman, um, you know, if you're James Wiseman, you can go to any class you want. You, you, know? go, to any, you go to any school you want. You know, yeah, you go to any class you want. Yeah. Same, I think even Nico Manning, he would, yeah. he's doing fine in this class instead of being a 220. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you look at certain schools, whether it's Kentucky or Duke, they're trying to fill voids. So sometimes I wonder, do these kids, they just, Jamal Breaker just answered. That's, that's where I was That's where I was going with yeah, this. Yeah, Jamal so, Breaker just answered yeah, the let's, portal. Let's go into this. Yeah. Who didn't, you know, didn't pan out the way they wanted to. 
who would mean you would argue it wasn't going to pan out the way you want to the day he signed. I yeah, I mean I'm and nothing I, against Jamal I, nothing because against Jamal he Baker. can play. Where he he was very a very good high school player, yeah. good shooter, solid all around player. Yeah. He was not going to play at Kentucky. So not not to the level that it not to the level him. that he needed. He was yeah, yeah not to the level of getting on the court him. and being a starter. It was yeah. not going to happen. Correct. So is it, does this about, if this happens, Ronnie? Yeah. Is that kind of a could we see that as a similar situation? Because I think Johnny. Even though he's bigger, yeah, he's bigger, bigger by Jamaro yeah. by three inches, two, three two inches. to three inches. Bigger kid, stronger. I think they're very similar in their game. Very good shooters, yeah. uh, limited foot speed. Um, you know, ball skills are kind of a one and two dribble yeah. pull up. Yeah, they're one two dribble pull up. They're, guys they're, are off the ball. They're off the ball. Is is that good kind of, rebounders? Not dominant small. No, not 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 in the SEC. No. So again, that's what we we talked about the Derek Thornton thing is when you're Duke in Kentucky, you have the leverage. Oh, you compared can, to other schools, Frank, you can miss. Yeah, you and, can miss and just next year find somebody else. Correct. So the players don't have all the leverage in this in this uh, situations, and sometimes you wonder if it's the best situation for them. Again. Um, you know, also look at it from a parent's point of view, the education. You want to get your kids started in college. I get that. But also from Johnny's point of view, what is another year of high school do for Johnny? Is he going to be much better 12 Basketball-wise, for development-wise, not okay. a chance. He, I mean, he's, 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 he's who he what is. he is. Yep. Interesting. Yeah, he's not a, a super young 16-year-old senior. No. So he's going to be, okay, this guy's going to ha- have a big jump in production or uh or athleticism or athleticism or, or, or development or height or whatever yeah. no he's about as good as this is gonna what, be a year from now 100 right and then, yeah so reclassifying to the original class and if you have the opportunity to go play at a kentucky i mean johnny could reclassify to 2019 and go play basically i mean really anywhere on the west coast yeah right oh every college on the west coast would love to have johnny next this fall the, yeah this upcoming fall right and now kentucky now kentucky like, slides in <laughs> yeah we'll take him. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we, we we're, we're seeing here. Yeah, and it's just I mean, God, I, I, I don't seem like you're too fond of it, Devin. Um, you I know, hope for the because, best because the school has so much leverage in the situation. Just, just like you said, just they go just find somebody else, man. Just find somebody else. They go, so. it, it, now that kind of leads into Ronnie. What were the live? The first travel ball live period is is um, this week. This weekend, multiple uh, circuit stops. I think Atlanta, UI Bells in Atlanta, Philadelphia has Under Armour, mm-hmm. Adidas is in Dallas. And then there's some local stuff around here. Don't get me started on that. There's three yeah. local tournaments. I don't know how you have so many, many teams, teams to be able yeah. to fill them. It's just, it's, it's, it's insane. absolutely ridiculous. But, yeah. um, Ronnie, what, what do you, what do kids need to know going into this first live period? You're, you're playing in front of college coaches. Um, you know, it's kind of like an audition. Uh, what are some important factors that kids should take into account? Um, I think they take into account, you got to approach it as a business trip. Know your itinerary. Don't be late to the gym. Uh, you know, don't be rushing. If it's real hot outside, give yourself a chance to warm up. You know, because the game—it's not like a high school game, a big high school game where you're there two hours early. You're—you know what time it starts. You know the games could be running way behind. They could be running <laughs> on time. Right. You might only have seven minutes they, to they, warm up. They be might ready. start you early. Yeah, they might start you early to get out of there. Right. So be ready to warm up. Be properly warm. You know, eat your eat the food you normally eat. Those type of things. I like to talk about the preparation. Um, and then what you've been working on. Show what you've been working on. Don't show everybody what you can't do. <laughs> you know, if you're not a point guard, don't 
don't be a point guard sure. this weekend. You only have we've talked about it many times on many episodes of In the Paint, Devin, that that the days that the causes are senior are cut down this year tremendously. Yeah. Especially if you're not Johnny Juzang, especially if you're not James Wiseman, you're not Chris Burgess, you're not Ricky Price. If you're not those guys, you're you're the amount of times that they're gonna see you is cut so down you, tremendously. You have to be very good and on yeah. your game yeah. from start to finish. Yeah. From start to finish. You know, so be prepared and also be a good teammate. That's a, obviously if you're not a lot of guys are gonna be unhappy this weekend. And some oh, guys yeah. are gonna blow yeah, up. Yeah. Some guys are going to blow up and have a really good showing in front of the college coaches. Right. College coaches are going to be in Atlanta. They're going to be at Under Armour or, or, or Adidas for the most part. Very interesting that they're not all in the same state. Then maybe they couldn't house them. But colleges also have to make a decision. What are we going to watch? Because our days are limited. They're not happy either with this. Yeah. So um, those would be my few t- main takeaways. You know, if you're not if you're not happy with your playing time, if you oh, coach lied to me and my parents. You know, get through the weekend. Yeah, don't. Yeah. There's always another team. Yeah, trust me. Yeah. Don't don't the, quit. The, the like AAU we see in some transfer, of these videos. Yeah, the the, the AU, AU transfer, transfer portal is there. wide open. Yeah, but not just that. We sometimes we see kids walk off with their headphones in the middle of a tournament, and some guy films them, and they're just walking off because they've had enough of this team. We I've seen those videos. I've seen it happen in yeah. person. It's just not. You don't want to get a bad reputation. You want to keep your your reputation as good as possible as being in terms of a team player. You know, guys change travel teams, and that's their right, and that's what they should do if that's where it benefits them. But, um, you know, show yourself to be a good teammate and a good player by doing the things that you were brought to the team to do, and also that puts you in the best light. Yeah. You know, I think on court, I think the key is play to your strengths. Yeah. Don't be an asshole. Don't be arguing with refs. Don't be throwing the ball after you, you know, dunk it. You know, just. Run back down the court, play defense, play D, uh, guard somebody because and no win one's in your bracket. Well, yeah, just win, win, get to the winners bracket. Late, you know, obviously there's showcase games, um, and EYB and things like that. But it's still, it's still leading towards Peach Jam, so you want to win. Yeah, I think one of the more important people things, watch the winning games. Yeah, for oh, sure. three and one in this pool, three and zero. Oh. oh man, let's go watch this game. It's natural, right? You and know? that, yeah, and I think on court, I think you, you nailed on just about everything. I would, yeah. I think off the court is a different story. I think. There's a lot of importance that can be put on things off the court, whether it's your Twitter account, what you're you know putting on on Twitter, if you're you know posting fight videos and stuff, and it's just like stupid shit, or like you know talking about chicks or whatever. Um, coaches follow you on Twitter; they see that. There's also you know off the court things you know between games where um, you don't know who's near you, you don't know who's watching you, you don't know who's listening into whatever conversations you're having. Yeah, kind of you don't know who's who's eyeing whatever antics you're doing. And plus the gyms are full. People are sitting, kids are laying on the side. Right. The like there's a, there's a lot of people who have connections that you have no idea if they're watching what you're doing or not. Yes. So just, you know, be conscious of that and, and conscious of what you're talking about, whether it's in the line to get, you know, a Gatorade from the snack bar. Like, you know, you never know who's standing behind you and listening and who can go tell a coach like, Hey, this kid's kind of screwed up. Yeah. Or like he's saying some weird shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to just be professional at all times. This is a, a business weekend for almost all you guys. Again, I, I leave it at this. Devin, if, if, if you're James Wiseman, or as some coaches like to say at the NBA level, if you're Allen Iverson, go ahead and do what you want. But guess what, kids? Most of you are not James Wiseman, and you're not Allen Iverson. You're not so Kobe Bryant. Yeah, so you, gotta, yeah. so you got to play within that realm of what we're speaking of and what other coaches speak of. 
you know, again, you got to play the game. When we mean by play the games, you got to play the game in front of you. None of us are really happy with these rules and the way things are set up for, for this summer of 219, but they're the rules we're playing by. So, yeah, uh, you got to play by them a little bit. Play yeah. the game a little bit. When we play the game a little bit, see a scout, answer his question. You see, you know, you talk to somebody in the middle you don't know, have him introduce himself to you. Introduce yourself to him. Yeah. Say your full name. Sure. Tell him your school, you know, um, try to answer the questions. As you best know, you can. As best you can. You know, say thank you to move on. You know, you know, you don't have to be friends. Just, and you don't have to be. It's just like we're saying about the Russell Westbrook and the and the Oklahoman reporter. You know, don't take that route because you don't have the luxury. Yeah, you look as you look disrespectful yeah. and yeah. kind of you know your reputation will take a hit. Yeah. It's always good to have a reputation of being you know a good person. I mean, you yeah. you can't take that. You can take away athleticism. You can take away you know, various things um, as, a, as a player, whether it's yeah. injury or old age, whatever. What you can never take away from somebody is if they're respectful to others and they're, they're a good the person, game. approaching the game the right way. And I think that's a good place to leave it, Ronnie. Yeah. Um, we wish the best of luck to everybody with safe travels to uh, Dallas and Atlanta and Philadelphia. I'll be local watching, watching basketball. So if you see me in the gym, come say what's up. If you see Ronnie in the gym, uh, he's going to slap you in the face if you say what's up to him. But yep. uh, <laughs> don't bother me when I'm in. Don't the bother chair. Ryan. He's gonna be on his computer. But uh, thanks again, you guys, for listening in to another episode of the In the Paint Show presented by Ball is Life. It's Devin Newland and Ronnie Flores signing off. Until next week. <laughs>